0: Chapter 10 of Mildred and Elsie This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mildred and Elsie by Martha Finley Chapter 10 True faith and reason are the soul's two eyes. Faith evermore looks upon and descries objects remote. Quarrels mr keith and wallace ormsby were busy each at his own desk unbroken silence had reigned in the office for the last half-hour when suddenly dropping his pen and wheeling about in his chair the elder gentleman addressed the younger why how's this wallace i haven't seen you in my house or heard of your being there for weeks what's wrong wallace taken by surprise could only stammer out rather incoherently something about having had a good deal to do correspondence and other writing studying up that case you know sir come come now you're not so hard pushed with work that you can't take a little recreation now and then returned his interrogator kindly and really i don't think you can find a much better place for that than at my house especially since mildred's at home again that is very true sir said wallace but i'd be extremely sorry to wear out my welcome he added with a laugh that seemed a trifle forced no fear of that wallace not the slightest mr keith answered heartily why we consider you quite one of the family we can never forget how kindly you nursed us in that sickly season and we've a new attraction yes sir i heard a very fine instrument isn't it yes if we are judges come up this evening and hear mildred play i think she has really a genius for music but that may be a fond father's partiality the invitation was too tempting to be declined it had taken a very strong effort of will to enable the lovesick swain to stay so long away from his heart's idol and now under her father's hospitable urgency his resolution gave way thank you sir i shall be delighted to come and i have no doubt miss mildred is quite as fine a performer as you think her he said and each resumed his pen mrs keith with strong faith in the wisdom of the old adage all work and no play makes jack a dull boy always insisted upon each member of her household taking a due amount of recreation the older girls would sometimes in their eagerness to finish a piece of work or learn a lesson for the morrow be ready to take up book or sewing immediately on leaving the tea-table but their mother put a veto upon that and by precept and example encouraged a half-hour of social chat romping with the little ones or gathering about the piano to listen to mildred's playing and often a little time before tea was given to music both vocal and instrumental everyone even down to little anise frequently taking part in the latter the season of mirth and jollity was over for the evening mrs keith had taken the younger children away to put them to bed zilla and ada were at their tasks in the sitting-room but mildred still lingered at the piano feeling that she had need of practice to recover lost ground mr keith listened a little longer then remarking that he must see squire chetwood about a business matter donned hat and overcoat and went out rupert stood beside his sister turning the pages of her music and praising her execution i'd like all the town to hear you he said i should prefer a much smaller audience she returned laughingly rue did you remember to mail that letter no i didn't he cried in some consternation she drew out her pretty watch there's time yet he said glancing at its face so i'm off hurrying out of the front door he encountered ormsby in the porch hello is that you wallace he cried a little more and there'd have been a collision haven't seen you here for an age been wondering what had become of you well walk right in you'll find millie in the parlor but you must excuse me for a while as i've a letter to mail he held the door open as he spoke and having seen the caller inside hastily shut it without waiting for a reply to his remarks and rushed away the parlor door stood ajar wallace tapped lightly but mildred intent upon her music did not hear and he stole quietly in he stood for a moment almost entranced by the low sweet tones of voice and instrument Mildred was thinking of Charlie, and her voice was full of pathos as she sang, When we two parted in silence and tears, half broken hearted, to suffer for years. A deep sigh startled her, and she turned hastily to find not Charlie, but Wallace regarding her with eyes full of despairing love mingled with tender compassion. He saw that her eyes were full of tears, and coming quickly to her side, took her hand in his. Dear Mildred, i can't bear to see you unhappy he said in low tremulous tones don't grieve it will all come right some day ah if only i could have won your heart and again he sighed deeply it's the old story the course of true love never will run smooth and we can only be sorry for each other she returned with forced gaiety and hastily wiping away her tears take a seat won't you and i'll give you something more cheerful than that sickly sentimental stuff you caught me singing that is of course if you wish to hear it and she looked up into his face with an arch smile a tete-a-tete with him at that time was not desirable would be rather embarrassing she wanted to avoid it and heartily wished some one of the family would come in immediately therefore was not seriously displeased at the sudden and unexpected entrance of celestia Anne. this very independent maid of all work came bustling in dressed in her sunday vest and with a bit of sewing in her hand good evenin mr ormsby she said nodding to him then turning to mildred i declare miss mildred your playing is so powerful fine i couldn't no ways stand it to set out there in the kitchen while the pianer was a-going in here and nobody to listen to it you see i thought you were alone but i reckon mr ormsby won't mind me wallace was too well aware of the value of the woman's services and the difficulty of retaining them to make any objection he merely nodded and smiled in reply to her salutation then turning to mildred answered her with indeed i should be delighted in fact your father invited me to call this evening for the express purpose of listening to your music and he added in a whisper though i feared my visit might not be altogether welcome to you i had not the courage to deny myself so great a pleasure there was no occasion mildred said in the same low tone we all want you to feel yourself quite at home here you'll excuse the intrusion of-oh certainly i understand it celestia ann had seated herself beside a lamp burning on a distant table and was industriously plying her needle come give us a lively tune miss milly won't ye she said yankee doodle or hail columbie or some of them tunes folks dances to which or what will you have mr ormsby Asked Mildred. I? he said with a smile. Oh, I own to sharing Miss Hunzinger's partiality for our national airs and am well satisfied with the selections already made. Mildred gave them in succession. A tall man with a book under his arm stood in a listening attitude at the gate. Mrs. Keith, seeing him from an upper window, came down and opened the front door. Good evening, Mr. Lightcap, she said in her pleasant voice won't you come in out of the cold i come to fetch back your book mrs keith he said moving toward her with long strides and i thought i'd not disturb the folks in your parlor by knocking whilst that music was a-going i'm a goin'. i am a 1000 times obliged fur the loan o the book ma'am and he handed it to her and then lifted his cap as if in adieu no no don't go yet she said i have another book for you and you must have some more of the music if you care to hear it without standing in the cold to listen her pleasant cordiality put him at his ease and he followed her into the parlor mildred was playing and singing star-spangled banner wallace accompanying her with his voice both so taken up with the business in hand that they did not perceive the entrance of mrs keith and go to bed until they joined in on the chorus when mildred looked up in surprise and nodded a smiling welcome to the latter tell you that's grand he exclaimed at the close his face lighting up with patriotic enthusiasm there's somethin mighty inspirin about them national airs o oh, don't she think so mrs keith yes she said they always stir my blood with love for my dear native land And awaken emotions of gratitude to God in those gallant forefathers who fought and bled to secure her liberties. Ah, he sighed with a downward glance at his mutilated arm, I can never lift sword or gun for her if occasion should come again. But you may do as much or even more in other ways, she responded cheerily. I can't see how, ma'am, he returned with a rueful shake of the head. Knowledge is power, intellect can often accomplish more than brute force go on cultivating your mind and storing up information and opportunities for usefulness will be given you in due time she answered with her bright sweet smile then turned with a cordial greeting to lou grange and claudina and will Chetwood, ushered in at that moment by celestia ann who now took her departure to the kitchen probably thinking miss mildred had listeners enough to be able to spare her the piano was a new and powerful attraction to the good people of pleasant plains and all the friends and acquaintance of the keiths as well as some whose title to either appellation was doubtful flocked to hear it in such numbers that for two or three weeks after its arrival mildred seemed to be holding a levy almost every evening how my time is being wasted She sighed one evening as the door closed upon the last departing guest. No, dear, I think not, responded her mother, with an affectionate look and a kindly reassuring smile. You are recovering lost ground, perfecting yourself in facility of execution, and giving a great deal of pleasure, and it is no small privilege to be permitted to do that last, to cheer heavy hearts, to lift burdens, to make life even a little brighter to some of our fellow creatures is not that so yes mother it is and yet i find it very trying to have my plans so often interfered with ah uh, my child we must not allow ourselves to become too much attached to our own plans returned mrs keith with a slightly humorous look and tone and passing her hand caressingly over mildred's hair for all through life we shall be very frequently compelled by circumstances to set them aside is there any use in making plans then the girl asked half impatiently surely there is if we would accomplish anything worth while we must lay our plans carefully thoughtfully wisely then carry them out with all energy and perseverance yet not allow ourselves to be impatient and unhappy when providentially called upon to set them aside it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps And we ought to be not only willing to bend to God's providence, but glad to have Him choose for us. Ah, yes, mother. Yes, indeed, Mildred murmured, a dewy light coming into her eyes. If one could only always realize that He sends or permits these little trials, they wouldn't be hard to bear. For it is sweet to have Him choose for us. It so happened that this was the last of that trial of Mildred's patience. A storm set in that night which lasted for several days, keeping almost everybody at home. Then came weeks of ice and snow, making fine sleighing, skating, and sliding, thus furnishing other and more exciting amusement to the residents of the town, both old and young. The Keiths took their share in these winter pastimes, Mildred as well as the rest, often doing so to please her mother rather than herself yet always finding enjoyment in them twas a busy life she led that winter and by no means an unhappy one spite of the obstinate refusal of the course of true love to run smooth it came to a rougher place to deeper swifter rapids in the ensuing spring through all these months of separation she and charlie had kept up a correspondence though at somewhat irregular and infrequent intervals a much longer time than usual had now passed and yet her last letter to him remained unanswered she was secretly very much disturbed in mind sorely troubled lest some evil had befallen him though not permitting herself to doubt for a moment that his love for her remained as strong and fervent as ever at last a letter came rupert brought it from the office at noon and handed it to her with a meaning smile a twinkle of fun in his eyes something to brighten the dull rainy day for you sis he said gaily thank you she returned flushing rosy red and her heart giving a joyous bound as she slipped the missive into her pocket what not going to read it after the long journey it has taken to reach you he asked lifting his eyebrows in mock astonishment not now it will keep and i must get mother's toast and tea ready for her there'll be barely time before father comes in to dinner how is she better but not able to be up yet these bad headaches always leave her weak and i shall try to persuade her to lie still all the afternoon with the last word mildred hurried away to the kitchen the morning had been a very trying one it was monday the day of the week on which celestia ann always insisted upon doing the family washing without regard to the state of the weather she prided herself on getting her clothes out early and having them white as the driven snow and her temper was never proof against the trial of a monday morning storm there had been a steady pour of rain since before daybreak and the queen of the kitchen consequently in anything but an amiable mood a severe headache had kept mrs keith in bed and to mildred had fallen the task of guiding and controlling the domestic machinery and seeing that its wheels ran smoothly she had several disputes to settle between ada and zillah on the one side and the irate maid of all work on the other also much ado to induce the younger children to attend to their lessons and then to keep them amused and quiet that her mother might not be disturbed by their noise and through it all her heart was heavy with its own peculiar burden besides atmospheric influences had their depressing effect upon her spirits as upon those of the others and more than once a sharp or impatient word repented of as soon as uttered had escaped her lips an undeserved blessing was her remorseful thought at sight of the letter it may be ill news to be sure Oh, if it should. Yet anything is better than this terrible suspense. But that must be borne until she could snatch a moment of solitude in which to end it. Zillah, stooping over the kitchen fire, looked up hastily as her sister entered. You've come to get mother's dinner, Milly? Well, here it is all ready, pointing to the teapot steaming on the hearth. Beside it, a plate of nicely browned and buttered toast. Oh, you dear good girls was mildred's response as she glanced from the stove to the table upon which ada was in the act of placing a neatly arranged tea-tray as if it wasn't the greatest pleasure in the world to do a little for mother exclaimed the latter half indignantly you needn't think milly that the rest of us don't love her just as well as you do i meant no such insinuation mildred said half laughing i'm sure our mother deserves the greatest possible amount of love and devotion from all her children but may i claim the privilege of carrying up the dinner you two have prepared yes i suppose it's no more than fair to let you do that much but you needn't expect me to think it's any great goodness ada answered putting the finishing touches to her work and stepping aside to let mildred take possession of the tray certainly nothing is farther from my thoughts than claiming credit for any service done to mother mildred answered good-humoredly as she took up the tray and walked away with it with quick light step she passed up the stairs and entering her mother's room with almost noiseless tread was greeted with a smile i am not asleep dear and the pain is nearly gone mrs keith said speaking from the bed in low quiet tones i am so glad mother and i hope a cup of tea will complete the cure mildred answered softly setting down her burden on a little stand by the bedside and gently assisting her mother to a sitting posture a dainty little meal my dear child you are the greatest possible comfort to me mrs keith remarked presently as she handed back the empty cup but it was zillah and ada who prepared it to-day mother mildred returned ever careful to give others their just due though her eyes shone yes they are dear girls too the mother said i am greatly blessed in my children but i was thinking more of the freedom from care given me by having you here to take the head of affairs the others though doubtless equally willing are still too young for that so i could never give myself up to the full enjoyment of a headache while you were away she added in her own peculiarly pleasant sportive tone and manner i cannot half fill your place mother dear i have not half your wisdom or patience mildred said with a blush and a sigh you exaggerate my virtues Milly. i can imagine from past experience how your patience may have been tried to-day well dear if there has been a partial failure do not let that rob you of your peace like as a father pitieth his children so the lord pitieth them that fear him and though he cannot look upon sin with any degree of allowance yet when we turn from it with true repentance and desire after holiness pleading the merits of his dear son as our only ground of acceptance we find him ever ready to forgive what a blessing what a glorious privilege it is that we have in that we may turn in heart to him for pardon and cleansing the moment we are conscious of sin in thought word or deed yes mother i do feel it so and how strangely kind he often is in sending joys and comforts when we feel that we deserve punishments rather mildred said with tears springing to her eyes as she drew out her letter and held it up from Charlie, mrs keith exclaimed with a pleased smile My darling, I am very glad for you. I hope it brings good news. Mildred turned it in a way to show that the seal was not yet broken, answering in low, tremulous tones, and between a smile and a sigh, I have not found out yet. It must wait for a quiet after-dinner half-hour. My brave, patient girl, Mrs. Keith said tenderly, passing a hand caressingly over Mildred's hair and cheek let mother share the joy or sorrow whichever it brings mildred brought but scant appetite to the meal which seemed to her an unusually long and tedious one but she was able to control her impatience and give due attention to the comfort of father brothers and sisters until at length she found herself at liberty to retire for a season to the privacy of her own room her hand trembled and her heart beat fast between hope and fear as she drew the letter from her pocket and broke the seal what if it brought ill news that charlie was in trouble or that his love had grown cold had she strength to bear it oh not of herself but there was one who had said in me is thine help fear thou not for i am with thee be not dismayed for i am thy god i will strengthen thee yea i will help thee one moment's silent pleading of his gracious promises and she had grown calm and strong to endure whatever his providence had sent tears dropped upon the paper as she read for Charlie was indeed in sore trouble the first few sentences read as though the writer were half frenzied with distress he had lost everything so he wrote both his own and his uncle's property had been suddenly and completely swept away and the shock had killed the old gentleman his only near relative leaving him friendless and alone in the world utterly alone utterly friendless for he could not hope that she who had refused him in prosperity would be willing to share his poverty nor could he ask it but never never could he forget her never love another then under a later date and in an apparently calmer mood he continued i am about to leave the home of my childhood and youth it passes today into the hands of strangers and i go out into the wide world to seek some way of retrieving my broken fortunes with youth health and strength and a liberal education surely i need not despair of finally attaining that end though it will doubtless take years of toil and struggle but when it is accomplished you shall hear from me again nay you shall find me at your feet suing for the priceless boon i have hitherto sought in vain i will not despair for my heart tells me you will be true to me even through many long years of separation if such fate has decreed us and that in answer to your prayers the barrier between us will one day be swept away share his poverty ah would i not if i might mildred cried half aloud and with a burst of tears what greater boon could i ask than the privilege of comforting him in his sorrows oh charlie charlie you have given no address and so put it out of my power to offer even the poor consolation of written words of sympathy of hope and cheer no one came to disturb mildred in her solitude she had time for thought and for the casting of her care upon him who was her strong refuge whereunto she might continually resort mrs keith had not left her own room and downstairs the two elder girls were busied with their needles while rupert kept the younger children quiet with kite-making and a story moved thereto partly by a good-natured desire for their amusement But principally through affectionate concern for mother and elder sister. Mrs. Keith lay on her couch, thinking, a little anxiously, of Mildred, when the door opened and the young girl stole softly to her side. Is it ill news, my darling? The mother asked in tender, pitying accents, glancing up compassionately at the dewy eyes and tear-stained cheeks. I will read you this letter, mother. You know I have no secrets from you. My loved and only confidant, Mildred answered a little tremulously, and stooping to press a kiss on her mother's lips, then seating herself, she unfolded the sheet and read in low tones, which she vainly tried to make calm and even. Ah, mother, if only he were a Christian, she exclaimed with a burst of uncontrollable weeping. Do not despair of seeing him such one day, her mother returned, laying a gentle, quieting hand on that of the weeper god is the hearer and answerer of prayer the answer may be long delayed for the trial of your faith but it will come at last what is Charlie waiting for sighed mildred how strange that he cannot see that god's time for the sinner to come and be reconciled to him is always now ah i do so want him to know the comfort of casting all his care on the lord the blessedness of the man who trusts in him yes it is a strange delusion it is one of satan's devices to persuade men to put off this most important of all transactions to a more convenient season which he knows will never come but dear child we will unite our prayers on Charlie's behalf to him who has all power in heaven and in earth and who has graciously promised if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask it shall be done for them of my father which is in heaven chapter ten